0: It's November 2nd, 2022. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. And of course, this week we will jump right into our conversation about Hawaii green growth and the UN sustainability development goals. And of course, I will like to introduce my guest today. I want to welcome Joshua Cooper. He's the director of the Hawaii Institute for Human Rights and also got Chris Hobbs, sustainability curator over at the Bishop Museum, and they're both here to kind of give their insights of the recent Hawaii Green Growth Annual Partner Conference that took place uh, about a week ago. And of course, uh, I want to welcome you both to uh, Bite Marks Cafe.
1: Thank you very much for having me here. I really appreciate it.
0: So let's, yeah, let's start with... uh, well, both you know Joshua and Chris. I mean, you guys are are both uh, independent. Uh, you know, we were all kind of asked to be facilitators uh, during during the um, this sort of annual partnership event that Hawaii Green Growth had. But I want to give you both a chance to tell us a little bit about your background and how how maybe you got involved with Hawaii, Hawaii Green Growth. So, Joshua, you wanna you wanna start off? Uh, where where do sure. you where do you uh, come from in terms of your sort of day to day work?
2: Yeah, so I'm fortunate to be the executive director of the Hawaii Institute for Human Rights uh, and also a founder of the United Nations University Regional Center of Expertise focusing on education for sustainable development. So I came to this work really focusing on SDG 16, but when you have a human rights-based approach to sustainable development, it really is rooted in human rights and all other aspects of ending poverty and Zero Hunger, those are all economic, social, and cultural rights. I also was fortunate enough to be in the negotiations representing Indigenous peoples from 2012 at the Rio Plus 20 Summit all the way up to the final negotiations in August when they were actually agreed upon, and then I was there in New York when they were actually voted on and became the uh, global norm. So it's been an exciting campaign, and it's great that we're able to bring those global norms on the ground here in Hawaii, and use those international standards to actually add a greater value to a lot of the work that we're already doing here in Hawaii. So that's that's sort of the work that we've been
0: doing. So, so Joshua, how did how did you get kind of involved with this? And and you said you started one of the, I mean, you sort of started a, a chapter here in Hawaii for the United Nations in in, in this particular SDG.
2: Yeah. So um, I I usually attend a lot of the global conferences or summits. Uh, I was there for the World Conference Against Racism. I've been there for uh, ones on indigenous peoples rights. Mm-hmm. And so I was there with indigenous peoples from around the world in Rio de Janeiro. And that's when they only had five goals. They were mentioned in the future we want document in Rio de Janeiro. And then there would, we knew there'd be a negotiation process that was pretty exciting that was chaired by Ireland and Kenya and so I was a helping indigenous peoples attend those sessions and then propose language and then also helping uh, Pacific Island states as well. So I had a sort of a front row seat, and it was exciting to work for those two years, 2013, 14, and 15. But then a lot of the times we bring any international instruments and apply them to island issues. So we've been doing that with the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples and others. So we organized that and then recently just last year uh, hawaii was recognized as a united nations university regional center of expertise for sdg4 which i believe chris could talk more about uh, focusing on education for sustainable development
0: well I'm, I'm you know i'm i'm just impressed by your your background and and the you know, the advocacy work that you've been involved in. And, and it's great that we got a chance to meet as a result of this event. Now, with that, you, you uh, kind of did a quick introduction for, for Chris. And Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do at the Bishop Museum and how did you get involved with this Hawaii Green Growth annual partnership event?
1: Of course, of course. Thank you very much again. Thank you for having me. So, I'm uh, the curator of sustainability at Bishop Museum and I've been in Post uh, since 2021, which is the post we um, created. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, a lot of my role at the moment is sort of operationalizing sustainability across our campus, and sort of big, making it more than just using less energy, using less water, or greenwashing an institution, but actually looking at rooting what we do with sustainability in Hawaiian knowledge, Hawaiian values, and sort of the place-based education and knowledge of being being here in Hawaii. And so, with Hawaii Green Growth, it was an amazing opportunity for us to both align and contribute to larger things than just ourselves. I mean, as we are the State Museum of Natural and Cultural History, being involved in something that is at a state level was was really key for us, and as part of where we were developing our sustainability at the Museum, we were looking at metrics and sort of Really understanding, like, if we know where we were, we know where we are, we can actually then effectively plan where we're going. Mm -hmm. is very much what Hawaii Green Growth is doing with their Aloka Plus Challenge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so we align many of our our goals and what we do at the museum with regards to sustainability with these these goals. And so actually, um, at the start of the year, we launched our dashboards for our sustainability metrics. And we co-launched them with Hawaii Green Growth. So we're actually fully transparent with all of our data that we collect for energy and water. So we can sort of show that we are actively working on improving how we're doing this. And we, we get to help inform that with our work with Hawaii Green Growth.
0: So were you already collecting data and developing your dashboard uh, before participating in, in the Aloha Plus Challenge? or Or was it the other way around? Aloha Plus Challenge was... Kind of getting, you know, getting the the dashboard and the data all squared away, and then uh, you know they kind of kind of found you over at the Bishop Museum. Which which sort of came first?
1: So uh, the 11 Plus challenge came first. So I, I found their dashboards and found. Um the goals within the Aloha Plus Challenge which was obviously aligned with the UN SDGs. Mm -hmm. And so then that allowed me to to work out what should we be measuring that could feed into this? What can we actually what would be meaningful for us to look at and then sort of push upwards to the Aloha plus challenge and really allowed us to fit in with existing frameworks and use best practice and already well established things that we know we just fit in as a part of the puzzle instead of making our own picture
0: and and uh so you made it take it to it took it upon yourself to kind of reach out to celeste and 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 make that connection
1: yes yes so it, i sort of reached out it was very proactive of uh, this thing exists, let's try and be part of it and it just all fell into place so easily and it was amazing to to work with that team who just took took us on so quickly and we became quite a a large part in the number of the uh, the working groups that the, the group has, and mm-hmm. it's been just fantastic to work, work with them.
0: Oh, that's great to hear. And and uh, Joshua, I mean, in, in your case, you've uh, you've been doing this work uh, in in human rights already, uh, associated with the United Nations. And and uh, how did you kind of get involved with Hawaii Green Growth? And and along the way, did you did you meet uh, Celeste?
2: Yeah, no, I have always admired Hawaii Green Growth because they really did focus on one of the principles we care about a lot when we do human rights work, and it's it's really we before me. And the way that there was a dedicated plan to bring together business, civil society, local city and county government, and to make sure that we think of Hawaii's future, a collective one, and thinking about future generations has, has always been what drove me to that. I also know Hawaii has done a great job at doing a lot of the the global work and so i knew that it'd be very important to participate with a voluntary local review and what is exciting is the global goals those 17 global goals really reflect what already has always existed in kanaka maoli culture so it's just reframing what the indigenous peoples of oceania have always known and practiced that sometimes got lost in the pursuit of all that we think matters most these days so It's great to be able to meet with everyone in these settings. Like you said, coming together once here in those annual gatherings, it's always a great place where you meet new friends that you just didn't know yet and also reconnect with people who we're all too busy in our daily lives to spend that significant amount of time with. So I think Hawaii Green Growth and the local 2030 Islands really does, as a hub, bring people together to make sure that We concentrate on what matters most and have a meaningful life to make a difference for the people of Hawaii.
0: Well, that's uh, you know that is a great sort of introduction to how you know we all got involved with uh, with Hawaii Green Growth and and then I I do want to you know kind of delve into what took place at the Hawaii Green Growth annual partnership event and of course uh, we'll we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with the. Hawaii Green Growth Partner Meeting, and I've got Joshua uh, Cooper and Chris Hobbs, and of course, uh, they were both facilitators uh, during during this uh, partnership event. So we'll get back, we'll get into that, and of course, we'll be right back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Burt Lum. And, of course, you're, if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Joshua Cooper. He's the director, executive director of the Hawaii Institute for Human Rights. And Chris Hopps, sustainability curator over at the Bishop Museum. And we're talking about Hawaii Green Growth and the SDGs and Local 2030 Hub and, of course, the annual partnership event that took place. And, of course, uh, you know, we were all there. It was a great event and, and uh, you know, maybe... Um, Joshua, I mean, what was your recollection of, of what took place? And, and there were a, a variety of different things. I mean, there were panels, there were mayors, there were dignitaries. What was it that you kind of uh, was most impressed about, you know, at, at this uh, partnership event?
2: Yeah, what was exciting was that enthusiasm persisted all day. From the opening, with Kamehameha Schools, youth doing an oli to begin our day to center us, uh, all the way through the the panel the first panel that really brought together uh, people from Hawaii who are currently working in the White House as well as people engaging on a daily basis to protect Kea, our great Pacific Ocean and then the mayor's forum was was excellent their ability to to joke with each other but also juxtapose seriously their policies and talk about their cooperation. I think that' COOPERATION AND COMPETITION TO MAKE SURE THAT HAWAII MEETS THE PARIS AGREEMENT, HAWAII MEETS THE ALOHA PLUS CHALLENGE, AND THAT WE'RE ABLE TO TRANSFORM A MORE SUSTAINABLE LIFESTYLE THAT THEN IMPROVES OUR HEALTH AND MAKES LIFE FOR ALL BETTER HERE IN HAWAII. SO I THOUGHT THE MAYOR'S PANEL WAS EXCITING, BUT I THINK THAT LAST PANEL THAT DID FEATURE LIEUTENANT GOVERNOR uh, JOSH GREEN AS WELL AS THE BOARD OF EDUCATION SUPERINTENDENT, Really, those youth from 14 to 17 were amazing, uh, especially the 17-year-old talking about her methodology for her research and the way that she really composed videos that then educate probably better than any book that I teach at the university. It was it was an amazing day all the way through, and then I have to admit it was actually great to connect with Chris because we've only seen each other through Zoom. So to be able to see him in person, and give them a hug and say how great uh, the Bishop Museum is and, and all the events that they've done, you know, all the way through the end. It was just a great opportunity to organize and to be in person again for the first time.
0: I, I totally agree. You know, those uh, students that were on the panel uh, during that uh, session that had also Lieutenant Governor Josh Green and, and uh, Superintendent Hayashi. Those students were quite amazing. I mean, they were asked some pretty tough questions, and I think their answers were just really spot on. And and I have a uh, uh, great hope, you know, with our with our younger generation. And and to your point, you know, this was interesting in that there were all you know multiple generations represented. I, I remember the joking that you uh, uh, re- reflected on was uh, Mayor Victorino, you know, telling uh, Mayor Kawakami. You're young enough to be my son, <laughs> you know. So there were generations just uh, amongst the mayors. So I thought I thought it was great that, you know, that kind of representation was was uh, taking place at the at this partnership event. And you know, this is something that transcends age. I mean, I think uh, a lot of indigenous people think of the seven seven generations, and you know, at least at least uh, three or four of them were represented, uh, you know, at this event. Now, Chris, Chris, what what were your some what, what were some of your takeaways from, you know, some of the panels, and um, you know, what did you kind of like uh, reflect back on, in ter- in terms of the the highlights?
1: So, for me, I think the overarching highlight throughout the entire event was was the messages of hope. A lot of times, when we speak about climate change and all of the the great things that are happening around the world that are affecting us and trying to tackle them there's often a lot of desperation, there's a lot of depression and sometimes feeling not empowered and hopeless. And that that never actually came across at any point throughout this. There was always, everyone was, was coming together to find solutions, to build something better. And there was genuinely just, everyone was looking like, this is the future we want and we can get it and we can make change. And it was all of the generations saying that, like, I want this for my kids. And then even the younger generations that like 14 again, we want this for our kids. And so it was really, it wasn't just like, oh, it's, we got to leave it for the next generation to take the torch. It's like, no, we hold this torch together. We work together and having all those generations together and then speaking about working together into mm-hmm. generation, generationally was truly just some of the most inspiring things that I've seen at any one of these sort of meetings. And hearing the youth leaders Wanting to take such a a major part in it, saying that whilst they are leaders, like everyone around them at their age is also seeing this and believes this and wants to do this and they want to help inspire them. And specifically saying what they want to see in the future and being like really wanting to work with other generations to make their dream and what they want to see a reality Mm -hmm. was one of the best experiences and it truly it it was an incredible experience and I cannot wait to see what will happen at the next one as well
0: you know that's very well said and and uh, Joshua you know you've been around you've uh probably gone to other convenings uh elsewhere on the continent how does how does the work that Hawaii Green Growth is doing in Hawaii compare to any of the other states that might be trying to do the same thing
2: Yeah, I I just returned from Atlanta meeting with their city council, and I can honestly say we're really at the forefront. I think we do a Hawaii Green Growth and Island 2030 hub really does an excellent, really excellent engagement opportunity for everyone that wants to learn and to be part of the solution. And I think it's really, it's a setting of solutionaries coming together to want to make positive social change here in Hawaii. And we have done a lot that really does bring world attention. I mean, when the Sustainable Development Goals were being negotiated in 2013, 14, and 15, Hawaii was already coming up with the Aloha Plus Challenge as well. So we weren't waiting for the world, but the good news is we're a positive partner. We're really that 2030 Agenda Global Goal Number 17 partnership. Hawaii green growth really does bring that all together. And what's exciting is that we don't forget who we are, but we understand what we can offer to the world. And that the message of abundance based in aloha, I think resonates with people. And it's also what Chris was talking about, that he could see in the voice of the youth and, and, and really know that that's why we're all there. We, we know, we think we do important work at the University of Hawaii in the classes we teach, uh, we think we do important work at global gatherings. But the truth is we know we're better when we're all working together. And the exciting part about the Local 2030 Hub is you can always learn from your colleagues. And when you leave the meeting, you're even more enriched than when you first came.
0: Yeah, that that's great. And, you know, one of the things that, of course, both of you brought up is not only the fact that you know, this was a very great kind of inspiring chance to come together and, and see what other people are doing and, and ultimately work together to achieve these goals. But there are some actual tactical things that came out of the, the gathering, and, and I do want to get into that. So we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back at this short break to continue our conversation with Joshua Cooper, director of the Hawaii Institute for Human, Human Rights, and Chris Hobbs, sustainability curator over at the Bishop Museum. This is Bite Marks Cafe. back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Joshua Cooper, Executive Director of the Hawaii Institute for Human Rights, and of course, Chris Hobbs, Sustainability Curator over at the Bishop Museum. And right before the break, you know, we were talking about the annual uh, HDG, Hawaii Green Growth Annual Partnership uh, Gathering, and it uh, really kind of brought us all together. And of course, there were there were great panels. There were generational representation there were commitments to the the future and you know just achieving some of these goals that are set 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 up with the u.n sustainability development goals but now it it really kind of turns to the tactical work the tactical work i mean what is what is going on at that at that uh, ground level and and maybe chris i mean tell us you know you were a facilitator along with all of us but what are some of the things that um you glean from talking to the folks that were part of your uh call it a room it was it was based on this uh uh sort of design around 17 rooms and and we all were assigned to a particular table and and we had people participate and it really was to kind of drive home what are some of the things that we can actually do right now and so, so Chris, I mean, what did what would uh, what SGG did you kind of head up, and and what were some of the outcomes of that uh, discussion during your your uh, seventeen rooms?
1: Awesome. So yes, yeah, so I was I was part of uh, SGG four, which is quality education. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I worked with an absolutely amazing group, uh, non profit, uh, Department of Education, um, many different sort of points of view and sort of. A lot of what we discussed at first is sort of like, all right, where are we? What are we missing? And so it's a really good way to sort of deep dive into to what currently exists and, and what gaps, what pukas do we, do we notice that we want to try and put meaningful goals that we can achieve within 12 to 18 months as, as a cohort that we can start moving the dial forwards. Because obviously many of these ideas that we face in our day-to-day lives, they're, 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 they seem insurmountable. But when you have all of these amazing partners partners and partnerships coming together, you can start chipping away at much bigger problems. Mm -hmm. And so we really identified that with a lot of our experience that the access to resources and sort of platforms for educational content with regards to um, Education for Sustainable Development, ESD, and sustainability could be improved. And also with that is access to uh, organizations that work in these fields, these work in these areas that can talk to educational organizations, whether it be schools, nonprofits, or whatever. And so we developed, we started exploring what sort of digital areas already exist and how can we improve them and how can we, as a collective across the Hawaii Green Growth Partnership Network, start bringing our expertise and our knowledge within this. So Part of it was uh, issuing a challenge to all of the Hawaii Green Growth um, partners to provide um, where they're based and what their focus is on the Aloha Plus goals. Mm -hmm. So you've got a series of goals across the Aloha Plus challenge. So being able to provide all that data allows allows Hawaii Green Growth to develop like a hotspot map that shows where all the partners are for educational institutions to be able to go, oh, these people are around me and this is what they work on. I can reach out to them and talk to them. Um, and within, so, and that would be built on uh, what is currently, uh, what we discussed with some of the Hawaii Green Growth staff was the county challenges mm-hmm. um, that are for sort of a, a platform for people, for households to be able to uh, record their data and also some, a platform for educators as well. And so a large part of that is actually, starting to disseminate that. Another goal is to actually put that out further within educational, um, within for educators. And then actually holding workshops for the community and for Hawaii Green Growth members to take part in that system. And part of that is putting out a voluntary organizational review. So obviously we've done other, we've done sort of different levels of review at state level. And this is for sort of all the partners across Hawaii Green Growth to look at what they're doing with the data that you can get in this platform and educate yourself to educate others. If you know what you're doing, you can talk about it better. And so those were all our parts of bringing up the Hawaii Green Go Partners and providing that network to educators as well. So That's what we focused on.
0: Very good, very good. And, and uh, Joshua, in terms of uh, your uh, facilitation of, of the SDG, which one did you do and, and what were some of the outcomes?
2: Yeah, no, it was exciting to finally participate in the Brookings Institution seventeen roofs process. I had S D G sixteen, Peace Justice, Strong Institutions, and we had an amazing assembly of activists, artists, advocates, and analysts and, and we were looking at that and we came up with four main points through a lot of conversation. We really did believe Ina Mamona, really people's movement for A better Hawaii was where we were at because we believe there is the potential and we just have to have better public policy so our first thing we came up with was participation legislation and in that one we're looking first and foremost at focusing on education and then second action and we sort of had to take a step back to realize you know when we were going to school there was I'm just a bill on Capitol Hill and there was education of civics and there's been a Problem SINCE WE DON'T HAVE THAT. SO WE ALMOST NEED A COURSE AT THE UNIVERSITY THAT HIGH SCHOOL STUDENTS CAN ALSO TAKE FOR CREDIT WHERE THEY LEARN ABOUT PUBLIC POLICY EVEN IN THE FALL WHERE THEY COME UP WITH IDEAS AND THEN IN THE SPRING THEY GO AND ADVOCATE AND GET INVOLVED AT THE LEGISLATURE AND at CITY HALL FOR WHAT THEY CARE ABOUT. SO WE REALLY THOUGHT THE PARTICIPATION LEGISLATION WAS THE FIRST WITH EDUCATION AS WELL AS ACTION. THE SECOND THEY CALLED AND THEY LOVED IT, THEY CALLED IT DIRTY POLITICS. And Mm -hmm. that was place-based public policy where legislators and elected officials were invited to community spaces to then learn directly firsthand from the people who are dealing with the challenges on a day-to-day basis. And our third one was Moana Nuiakea, and that was because we had amazing voyager from the Hokulea, and that was focusing on cross-Pacific decolonization, really helping all of the of the pacific to work together because we have much more in common and can actually come up with solutions that are island-based and that's why the local 2030 hub being based in hawaii is a beautiful example of how we can bring other islands together from
0: and joshua joshua
2: to ireland
0: i know you didn't get to number four but uh where can people find out more about you know the whole hawaii green growth experience
2: so, the great news is they can go to hawaiigreengrowth.org and Celeste O'Connor's does a great job at putting everything there. And that, that's good. Of, that people can get involved with.
0: Thanks, Joshua. Of course, Joshua Cooper is the director of the Hawaii Institute for Human Rights and Chris Hobbs, sustainability cu- curator over at the Bishop Museum. I want to thank them both for joining us today. And of course, thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about the High Top Cohort 2 from Movers and Shagas. And, of course, if you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. Our engineers, David Chong, you can catch us on HBR1 every Wednesday or anytime via the HBR app or your favorite podcast application. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marsh Cafe. You st- of course, stay tuned. Reveal is next.